technology is on the rise and it's time for us dental students to get in the know. Welcome to On the Cusp, a podcast segment of the business of drilling, where students help students learn about dental technology. Welcome to our On the Cusp panel discussion. My name is Elena and my co-hosts here are... Hey everyone, I'm Seb. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel. And we are three second year dental students. We're teamed up with the Debbie Academy, uh, and this is a student-run group that aims to educate dental students on financial and business literacy. This is our first episode of our new segment, and so today we want to delve into the world of iOS, which are interoral scanners, and the CEREC workflow. We're excited to introduce to this month's On the Cuffs discussion, Dr. Effie Hapsha. Dr. Hapsha completed both her BSc and DDS degree at the University of Toronto. She followed this with a one-year general practical residency at Mount Sinai in Toronto, and then went on to receive her degree in prosthodontics and MSc both at U of T. Today, she is an active lecturer both nationally and internationally on diverse topics in prosthodontics. We reached Dr. Hapsha through the Prosthodontics Associates Office, which is a private practice she maintains in Toronto. The practice focuses on removable and fixed prosthodontics and implant dentistry. She is also the founder of Women in Dentistry. With her depth in prosthodontics, we are so lucky to have her join us today. Welcome, Dr. Hapsha. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. So we're very excited to start. And maybe the way we could start is to ask you to, in two sentences, define for us what CEREC or intraoral scanning technology is? Sure, that's a really great question. Um, you know, intraoral scanners, and we'll just sort of talk generically, are devices that you can use that they capture the intraoral environment, the intraoral cavity, either with video capture or still photography to make what's the equivalent of a conventional impression. So you can make impressions of teeth, of soft tissues, of implants, Basically, anything that you would pick up an impression with in conventional terms, you can do with an intraoral scanner. I'm wondering, could you walk us through maybe a, a quick case um, when you would use both these technologies? Sure. I mean, I think you have to look at it as, you know, what stage you're at. You know, have you adopted digital technology? And so my philosophy or my treatment philosophy um, is I'm very much into the digital workflow. It's not to say that conventional or analog workflow doesn't work. Obviously, it does. It's been around for 100 years, the way we, we prepare teeth and make impressions and fabricate restorations. Digital technology, however, has been around for less than 100 years, um, really over the last several decades, with the CEREC system being you know, the original um, uh, intraoral scanner system. But now it's become a lot more mainstream. There's a lot more adoption of this technology. And so I was an early adopter, and I continue to incorporate that technology in my day-to-day -day practice. So I would say, to answer your question, you can pretty much predictably do anything with an intraoral scanner um, that you would with conventional impressions, including implant-based restorations and you know, removable to some extent. I still use conventional workflows or analog workflows for removal of prosthetics, but really anytime I do a fixed uh, tooth or implant supported prosthesis or, or rehabilitation, I'm doing it all using an intraoral scanner. Very rarely do I pull out my impression materials. And you mentioned the idea of adopting this technology early. Um, I'm wondering 
where did that, how did that happen for you personally? Yeah, so we're, you know, as you guys mentioned in the introduction, um, I'm part of a large multidisciplinary practice in Toronto, and we have quite a bit of, uh, we have, I think at this point, we have 10 specialists working together. And so we've always been on the cutting edge. Um, we've always uh, been ones to adopt um, technology to try to stay ahead of the game. And the same holds true for digital technology. So we got into intraoral scanners close to a decade ago. And now there are those, I will say there are other doctors that have been doing, you know, using the CEREC system and, and chair side milling, et cetera, for over 20 years. So, you know, you could consider maybe that I'm a late adopter, but in terms of, you know, the modern day intraoral scanners that we have today, we adopted back in about, you know, about 10 years ago. And, um, and the reason we did is because we realized it's a way of the future. And I'll tell you, we had a lot of hurdles in the beginning because the systems weren't as sophisticated as they are today. So I was doing, you know, single units, maybe a couple of, you know, basic type of restorations back then. And it wasn't giving me what I was looking for. But fast forward about 10 years, I'm doing my full mouth rehabs from start to finish, from diagnostics all the way to, you know, fabrication of the prostheses using a digital workflow. So to answer your question, you know, why did we adopt it? Because it was the way of the future. At this point, it's not the way of the future, it's the way of now. So, um, you know, we're able to achieve the clinical results that we're looking for with, you know, a lot of benefits that I'm, I'm happy to go through, you know, to, to kind of outline as we proceed in this conversation. But um, for those reasons, you know, I, I felt that it was something that was really great for our practice and we all, um, and it jumped on the digital bandwagon quite a while ago. Also to building off of that, um, since you're one of the early adopters into using these um, intraoral scanners and digital impressions in that workflow, would you say there's quite a steep learning curve to moving away from conventional methods and into this digital workspace? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's a really good question. And as I alluded to before, um, when we first got started using the intraoral scanners, we couldn't do nearly not even, I would say, a quarter of what we're able to do today. So back in, you know, let's use 10, I think around 2010 or so, or 2011, um, we weren't able to do as much as we can do. And since then, I would say um, really over the last five years, there's been a tremendous um, uh, uptake in, you know, the, the capabilities of these machines and other um, companies that have developed, you know, really great intraoral scanners that now I think, I think it was a very steep kind of advancement over the last, you know, you know, from 10 to five years ago, over the last five years, there's been a lot more adoption of the technology. So just to give you an example, I lectured at the Greater New York Academy of Process meeting back in 2016. So December of 2016, and that was about five years ago. Um, and back then it was one of the, you know, I was one of the few people that was on stage talking about intraoral scanners. And it was kind of like, I asked the audience to raise their hands to say how many people have intraoral scanners. And back then we'd be at, you know, maybe 5% of the audience or so. So it was really not, and that's only five years ago. And over the last five years, now when I lecture, I would say that number has gone up probably to about 15%, maybe not quite that high, but a lot more people and even, you know, just casually speaking to my colleagues 
back then, one or two would have an intraoral scanner. Now, more and more people are adopting it. So I think there's been a tremendous um, increase in the technology or usage, I should say, um, commercial usage. And that's because of obviously advancement in, in the technology itself, um, where it's no longer kind of this hocus pocus, you know, we're not sure what kind of results we're gonna get where you can see accurate, predictable results with the research, you know, behind it as well. Um, looking at, you know, marginal integrity and, and marginal fit and so on and so forth. So we're seeing that we're getting even improved results using the digital technology. From a technological perspective, uh, you said you've been using these for now 10 years. Do you find that the technology of intraoral scanning has really improved over that 10 years? Or do you think that it is constantly improving? You just see you know, this upwards climb and how advanced it is? Or is it kind of like the latest iPhone model where it's, you know, a few steps at a time? Yeah, again, a really great question because I've lived it. <laughs> and so 100%, I think with anything that we do, um, there is a learning curve. And so I was speaking to a rep, uh, a iOS um, rep a while ago. And, you know, one of the resistance that a lot of dentists have is that, you know, oh, I'm I'm too old to learn this, or it's so complicated, or it's, it's you know, too, um, too complex, or, you know, I know how to do conventional impressions, I do them well, I get good results, why bother changing, and it's too hard to learn something new. So she, she relayed a story where she kind of reminded a dentist, like, do you remember when you were in third year dental school or fourth year dental school and you would, you know, sweat <laughs> through clinic and it would take you two hours to make that initial final crown impression and how you were back then and where you are now after, you know, experience and having that, that confidence, just like any technology, any procedure we do, you need to learn. So you need to learn how to walk before you can run. So I, I think that initially when I started with intraoral scanners, yeah, it took me a long time to make that impression. Now I can do it faster than I make a conventional impression. So very good question. I would say that, you know, don't be discouraged. Whoever's listening that has is delving or starting to think about intraoral scanners, but don't be discouraged. So for you guys as students, obviously you need to learn the fundamentals of dentistry. You need to know, you know, how to do things and how to do things well. Um, but I think, you know, more and more schools are incorporating digital technologies into the curriculum. But again, I'm not saying throw out conventional um, or throw out your impression materials. Maybe one day it'll get there. I think, you know, certainly in my practice, I rarely use impression materials just, you know, on the day to day. When you talk about understanding the intraoral scanner and using it, um, do you really have to understand how the technology itself works? Like, would you have to know the manual inside and out, back to front, exactly how it's rendering a 3D impression? Or is it more of a, a clinical focus when you're trying to understand how to use these scanners? I think that <laughs> I, I think that there are really smart people that develop these intraoral scanners. And I don't think I could even begin to understand, you know, the details and the complexities of how it actually, you know, in broad strokes, obviously you take a bunch of pictures and they all, you know, combine to make this uh, three-dimensional uh, rendering of the intraoral cavity. Um, so certainly from a clinician standpoint, you just need to know how to use the machine, how to use it well, understand its uh, features, 
Um, and our staff is really great at doing that. So, you know, initially, um, my staff were probably way better at it than I was because they had more time to look at it. They, well, they're a lot better than me in a lot of things. So they um, often steer the ship and they say, go here, do this, do that. So I really relied on my staff to kind of get the knowledge, but, you know, you have to be as knowledgeable as, as your staff is. And so I think with the proper training, a combination of proper training, the material, the, the types of scanners that are out there today are a lot more user friendly. So you need to kind of um, get trained properly, speak to people who've been doing it. When I lecture, I kind of talk about, um, you know, skills or tricks that can make you capture that impression better. So you have to think of it, you know, in terms of um, getting the accuracy or, or the results that you want. Think about when you make a conventional impression, you need to have good isolation, you need to have good crown margins, you need to have moisture control, so on and so forth. And if you don't have those factors, then your impression is suboptimal. It's the same thing that holds true for a digital impression. You need to have good isolation, you need to design your, your crown preparations, give it some thought in advance because it won't capture you know, really subgingival margins. So you need to set yourself up for success with the appropriate armamentarium. So whether it's impression cord, impression paste, uh, astringent solutions, cheek and lip retractors, so on and so forth. You have to have a properly isolated tooth in order to get a good digital impression. Once you have that, you're, it's smooth sailing. I, I love making digital impressions. Regarding the intraoral scanners, would you say um, when considering maybe quality or accuracy that there's quite a significant jump between conventional methods and using a digital system? So, so I think that, um, I think the research and studies have shown that you can achieve excellent results with, with digital um, impressions, with intraoral scanning. Um, and um, so the technology is there. Whether the clinician <laughs> adopts that or is able to deliver that, whether you're doing a digital impression or a conventional impression, you know, the, the, quality of the work varies, unfortunately, from clinician to clinician. So I think it's important to understand that the technology is there to give you the marginal integrity, the internal fit, the, the results that you look for in a well-fitting restorations that does exist. And research has shown it in, in, in vitro studies, basically, that show you know, marginal integrity and, and, and all, all the parameters that you look for, not just marginal integrity, um, can be achieved and sometimes in a superior fashion than conventional. And what I wanna impress upon you guys as well is that even if you're doing, you know, quote, conventional dentistry, so let's say Dr. Smith is making a conventional um, polyvinyl uh, impression, they send it to their lab, so they haven't done anything digital. The lab, most labs are digitizing that data. So they'll make, they'll pour up Dr. Smith's impression in a stone cast, and then they'll digitize it and make a digitally fabricated crown. So um, I'm not saying all labs, but you know the conventional workflow of waxing up crowns and, and proceeding in that conventional realm um, is also, I mean, labs have been ahead of, our, ahead of the clinicians from adopting digital technology because they've been making crowns and other restorations. You know, they can make anything essentially in a digital workflow, but I know that's getting beyond the scope of this discussion in terms of uh, you know lab work, but even if you don't think you're a digital dentist, you probably are because your restorations are probably fabricated 
using a digital technology. For, for dental students to maybe wrap their head around some of the frustrations that may come along with using intraoral scanners, maybe with things such as um, being cognizant of the, the margins and whatnot. Um, are there any other, uh, I don't know the word other than frustration, but any other um, complications that you have when you do use this technology? Look, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, you have to think of it on a clinical standpoint, you know, having the same struggles or the same challenges you would in a conventional space. But you also have to think of the technical components because at the end of the day, it's a it's a computer. And so sometimes computers crash or sometimes, you know, a wire isn't. So there there have been occasions where I want to, you know, slam the, the, the computer for glitches that come up. But those days are few and far in between. Um, I think things are, you know, for the most part with a, a, a well-established system that has some research on it. Um, they make it fairly user-friendly, but again, like anything, you need to know what you're doing um, in order to be successful at it. So yeah, great question. <laughs> and when it comes to implant dentistry, how do you incorporate um, iOS systems, CAD-CAN systems into, into it? Great question. We do it all the time. As I said, our practice is very digitally heavy. So I do all my treatments, starting not just, you know, restoration, but treatment planning. So specifically to answer your question regarding implant care, um, we routinely use um, CBCT um, data and incorporate it into our digital workflow to um, not, not necessarily with an intro. Well, in order to do implant surgery, so using a, a surgical guide that's derived from the CBCT, you need to capture, you need to merge STL files, which are the files of the intraoral cavity with the DICOM files, the files from the, um, from the CT scan. And so re, right at the get-go, we'll use our intraoral scanner to digitize the intraoral cavity in order to get, gain this um, STL file. And then we can put that into a software program that combines the, the digital data that we acquire from the intraoral scanner combines it with the CT scan, and then we can make surgical guides based on that initial workflow. So at the very beginning, we can we, we do that. And if you don't have a scanner, your laboratory can, can digitize a, a standard cast. So at the treatment planning level, and I don't wanna to get too involved here because I don't know how far along, you know, your listeners are into the training of using digital technology for implant dentistry, but suffice it to say that at the treatment planning level, we can use our intraoral scanners when it comes time to restoring the implants as well, there are little components that you can attach onto the implants called scan bodies or scannable impression copings, sorry, scannable healing abutments that again, the computer recognizes very readily and you can capture the implant information from these little flags that sit on the implant. And that gives the computer all the information that, that it needs to generate a cast, either a digital or, or a, a conventional cast to make the implant-based restoration. So in a nutshell, from A to Z, you can use intraoral um, scanners to help guide 
uh, guide implant placement, as well as restore dental implants. That's, yeah, that's uh, pretty mind-blowing, honestly. Um, the application it, ha it has, not only for implants, but anything else that you would do. Um, and, and now I'm also kind of curious when it comes to the patient perspective. Obviously, you've been using this technology for a while, but how do you see your patients react to this kind of technology? Is it like, do they, do they like it? Or, or do they shy away from it? No, I think they, they embrace it. I mean, listen, if you tell patients that you, you don't need that goopy stuff to make an impression or a mold of your mouth there, you've, you've won them over at that point already. Um, so I think what the, you know, the stark difference between patients that have had treatment done conventionally. So let's say, you know, at one point in time, I treated them conventionally without an intraoral scanner, and then they come back and they need some other work done and it's done using, um, an intraoral scanner, they'll just say, oh my God, this is amazing. I love this technology. It's so much better than that goop. Um, so certainly one of the big benefits of intraoral scanners is the patient benefit. So I, I consider it as, you know, a number of benefits, a number a benefit to the operator, myself, um, to the practice, because it could be more uh, um, financially rewarding because you're, you're increasing your efficiency. And, you know, most importantly, the patient, because um, you can really be more efficient in the amount of treatment you get done and with more comfort for the patient. So, again, going off of uh, patient perception, um, maybe when it comes to costs for treatments that would use, let's say, a steric workflow, um, are there any barriers that you know of to insurance coverage for patients? How exactly uh, does that change that perspective um, when it comes to cost? I don't think it does. I mean, I think that um, the treatment that's rendered, whether it's done via conventional or digital means, I don't think it makes any difference from a, to the insurance company. Certainly, we don't charge a premium for you know, an impression if it's made with a, with a, an intraoral scanner. So from a cost perspective, you know, that in that sense, it's, it's not applicable. I guess from a practice owner standpoint, if you choose to mill your restorations chair side. So when I say that, what, what I'm referring to is making a digital impression, having a milling unit in your office chair side, and you can make single units, multiple units um, out of uh, ceramic materials or composite materials or acrylic materials, that could be a tremendous benefit to the dentist because you avoid the lab costs. So if you choose to chair-side mill your restorations, that could be uh, very cost-effective and financially remunerative to the dentist because you are manufacturing your restorations in your office chair side rather than sending them out to the lab. So the dentist can um, incur that benefit. And I know a lot of dentists that do uh, chair side dentistry that, that do very well and that business model works well for them. We as prosthodontists in our office, we, we have uh, our own in-house lab. And because our cases are fairly complex, rarely am I doing you know, a single unit here and there, we initially thought of milling chair side and we did play with that you know, with the steric system, which delivers beautiful restorations, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for our practice because 
by the time I designed something, I could have my lab technician make it. Um, and, and the volume, the sheer volume of the number of units we had didn't make sense. But I think that if you're looking for a chair side milling system, the Ceric one is a really great one. Um, the Omnicam or the latest dense by Serona scanner, but not that this is a plug for anything, but just personally, that's, that's what I think. They've got a really nice streamlined uh, system. That's not to say that, you know, most of the intraoral scanners in the marketplace today have a lot of the bells and whistles where you can chair side mill, you can do, um, they're not as exclusive as they used to be. So in the past, if you're using system X, you can only use system X, you know, components in a system X lab, whatever. Now, let's say there are 10 popular scanners in the marketplace. They all have what's called an open architecture where generally any lab can receive that information. So the, the workflow is a lot less restrictive um, and you can, you know, you can chair side mill, not only with CEREC, but with other systems as well. So um, there is definitely financial benefits if that's the model that you, um, you have your practice in. Um, but the cool thing is, is that we have the tools and we have the materials that we can provide patients with various types of restorations, whether it's anything from a composite-based material to zirconia. So you can make, you know, really strong, beautiful um, and functional restorations, which you couldn't do in the past. That's a fairly recent um, addition to the chair side milling family of products. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point that, you know, you have to consider what fits your practice model. And, and for you guys at the Prestonsis Associates, that maybe doesn't make as much sense. But for a lot of other dental practices, it's, it's interesting to know that that workflow does produce a, a, a nice restoration in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that would have been my next question is with you working in an office that does have in, an in-house lab. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see how the lab integrates with the dentist to make that digital workflow even better. I, I mean, we've heard from other dentists that, you know, the impression you take, the digital impression, if it's not quite right and you send it to the lab and they then have to communicate back this is it wasn't working um you know how is how is that communication between the lab and the dentist best um you just got it uh, optimized yeah i mean i think to the contrary i think because the technology is there you can avoid a lot of headache by you know having that real-time conversation with your dental laboratory. So I use a lab, obviously our in-house lab, but certain cases I use a lab that's out in Windsor. And uh, one of the technicians there is a very talented guy, Min Tran. Um, he's, you know, logged into my scanner um, in real time and we looked at some things together. So I think to the contrary, having the technology and the ability to work on something um, in a digital fashion really enhances that experience because, you know, if men will say to me, oh, you need to, you know, I have a problem seeing the margin here, what, just as an example, it can be done in real time rather than waiting for the case to go out to wherever, come back, and then being told that this isn't usable. I think like anything, you have to work with people that know what they're doing, and that means a laboratory technician as well because, you know, the, the face of the dental technician is also changing. So not and probably faster than the dentist because more and more labs are incorporating dental technology. So I think to the contrary, the communication is significantly enhanced 
with a laboratory by using digital technology. So you can do shade selection as well. They can they can grab the shade from a colored scanner. So you know there's so many things that really enhance that experience that um, you don't have with the conventional workflow. That gets me really excited that it's actually maybe bettering the communication and there's less back and forth. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to yeah. hear that. You guys are living in a, in a cool time in dentistry. You've got so many great things, you know, um, at your fingertips and uh, you can listen to people like me to learn from my mistakes and, uh, and then you, you know, you're, you're, you'll be set for success. What's something you wish you had known before investing in this kind of technology, whether it's iOS or CAD CAM systems? Hmm. Something that I'd known before. I would say that it would apply to the first scanner. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, it was over-promised and under-delivered. So it's a very expensive coat hanger that we have in the back. Um, but again, I think this day and age, you're pretty, you're, you know, the, the consumer or the dentist is in a pretty sweet spot because there are really great products that have been out there for, you know, a long time that have had a lot of the uh, kinks ironed out. And if that weren't the case, then you wouldn't have speakers like me. Like now when I talk about digital dentistry, it's like, ah, oh, whatever, it's no big deal. I mean, that's how I feel because a lot of people are talking about it. So now I'm trying to, you know, talk about the next, next thing. But um, I think that back then, um, recognizing that it wouldn't be able to do what we as a practice wanted it to do for us as a prosthodontic practice. I wish we would have known that because, you know, that was a big expense, but we had to start somewhere. And so there are no regrets, obviously. But I, I would say that at this point, if anyone listening is looking for an intraoral scanner, when you guys, you know, are in the market for it, you have to do your research and different scanners have different strengths for different things. You know, some are composed portable where you can take them from office to office. Others have a very big cart. Um, you know, some are, have a, a, a scanning fee. Like there are a number of considerations you need to take into account. Um, so do your research, speak to people, you know, anyone that you uh, look up to clinically, see what they're doing, just kind of get anecdotal as well as uh, real, you know, scientific data um, to see that it's not just a company pushing, that the actual, the end user, the clinician that's using the technology is getting the results that they want. And not in necessarily in an academic institution only, because we we all know that, you know, initially when the big speakers were talking about digital dentistry, a lot of them were university-based, where you know you had all the time in the world and all the uh, resources to kind of get the results that you're looking for. You have to look at clinicians. You know, for example, like myself, I'm in the trenches. I see patients, even though I do teach, I see patients day in and day out. So I'm not going to bring something in that's going to slow me down or that's going to make me, you know, lose money. I want something that's going to work, that's going to be beneficial to my patients, beneficial to my staff, you know, give me the real results that I'm looking for and really improve the way I do things. So I've been able to find that with intraoral scanners. And I can say that very confidently. I think us students are equally as excited, and um, unfortunately, it, it, this technology is not being integrated to our, into our curriculum right now, but I can see it very soon um, finding its way in, and uh, yeah, so we, we appreciate hearing from you and, and learning these ins and outs that 
we're probably going to be slapped in the face with as soon as we walk out of school. <laughs> I could interject I, if you want. I can just tell you that you guys are living in a really great time. I mentioned that before in dentistry. And I think that, you know, get all the information that you can be, you know, absorb all the things that your profs are teaching you. Um, don't try to get too fancy before you know the basics. Um, but recognize that there's a whole exciting world out there that's, that's um, you know, that technology is moving at a fast pace and just be critical before you jump into anything. Um, do your due diligence, take, use your brain cells that, you know, you're taught to have like evidence-based, uh, you know, treatment um, in order to make the right decisions. But I can assure you that, you know, intraoral scanners and digital technology is not necessarily a thing of the future. The future, the future is now. So um, I, I'm very excited about it. I hope you can hear it in my voice. Um, even after a long day in the clinic, um, you know, I, I still get very excited talking about digital technology and how it's in, enhanced my practice. So I guess we could wrap it up and I'll just say, you know, a big thank you for taking the time to help us understand this a little more and um, get to know about iOS or intraoral scanners and CEREC and what digital dentistry means to you. Um, obviously, this is not all that you do, and we know that you're also the founder of Women in Dentistry, which is absolutely amazing. And we were wondering if you could share a little bit about this as we near the end of our discussion. Oh, sure. Yeah, I didn't know we would talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So Women in Dentistry Work-Life Balance is a group that I founded um, coming up to 12 years ago. And really, it was a way for me to connect with my female referrals, being one of the few female prosthodontists in Toronto. But uh, so we would hold, um, you know, an annual event, an evening meeting, and it was geared, it was always a female speaker speaking to an audience of women. And what happened really organically is that the audience of women would kind of really have a lot to talk about that, you know, not necessarily only related to dentistry, but to kind of life around dentistry. And you know, how do you manage mat leave? How do you do this? How do, things that are female centric. And, and, and so people would call me after each meeting and say, oh my God, that was so much fun. That was so great. I love, you know, obviously the scientific content was great, but I really loved connecting with women. Can you do another event? And so organically, this organization grew more and more and more to where it is today, where really um, my goal and our goal is to connect, empower, network, and mentor women in the dental field. And we've got so many uh, different types of people in the industry, you know, whether you're dental students, dental uh, assistants, uh, you know, dentists, specialists, where we all um, really learn from one another in this community. So we do have, you know, several, we have digital, um, uh, during COVID, obviously, we went, we expanded into a digital platform. So we have monthly webinars, but we're hoping, uh, if all goes well, to have our 12-year um, anniversary symposium, a full-day symposium in 2022, which was originally scheduled for 2020 which was obviously for obvious reasons, pushed back and back and back and now hopefully 2022. So it's, it's a really great group to connect women in the dental field. We have a really vibrant mentorship program, which has helped a lot of women. Remember, I'm old, I had a lot, I had, I had very few female, um, uh, very few women mentors and I had amazing mentors who happened to be men. So I'm not, this isn't about male bashing or knocking men, obviously men are, are fantastic. And, and we've all, most women in my position have had uh, really influential male mentors, but this is just to show you what you can achieve. I mean, when I went through grad school, there weren't that many women. Now we're 
you know, I'm sure if you look at your grad, your class, you're probably majority female. So the face of dentistry is changing, um, and um, and we need to ride that change and support um, other women. You know, I, I want to see women, more women on the podium, more giving more exposure. And I think that that's what this organization offers. It offers a lot of things, and I'm really proud of it I've, and of our team. And I hope to continue to expand it. And um, you know, I invite you students, men and women, uh, to, to look, you know, look into us. We're at Women's Dentistry on Instagram, womensdentistry.com, and certainly on Facebook. And, you know, we give back to the dental students as well. I'm working with the U of T students to do a career path in dentistry. So we're going to have four, uh, three or four female speakers sometime in September um, doing a, a webinar on kind of different career paths you can take. So there's lots of really great stuff. And, and again, one of my passion projects. So thank you for asking about that. Well, Dr. Hafsha, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us here today. Thank you again. My pleasure. And for everyone listening and for anyone interested in learning more, we'll be including a link in our Spotify episode description, as well as on our On the Cusp page on the Debbie website.